Welcome to the Energy Upgrade Podcast. Hey, I'm Vanessa, and I'm obsessed with all things health, energy, entrepreneurship, motherhood, and living my best life. I'm here to give you actionable steps in reclaiming your energy and reconnecting with your power. I'm a certified integrated health practitioner and kinesiologist. I spent the past decade with a focus on skin health and age prevention while co-founding a network of medical aesthetic clinics on the west coast of Canada. After healing myself from burnout, mold, heavy metal, and all the things, I'm back to my passion for health optimization, and I'm lucky enough to coach high-achieving women just like you in finding their energy and life force back transforming their life so they can step into the highest version of themselves has energized me and inspired me to bring to life this podcast. Here, I'll talk about detox, lifestyle, mindset, supplements, breathwork, parasites, (laughs) and everything in between. I know you're so busy, so I keep it under 30 minutes. Thank you for being here. Cozy up and let's get started. Your energy is your life force. You want to be able to magnetize your wildest dreams. A liver detox is the fastest way to start healing. You can and you will. Well, hello, beautiful woman, and welcome back to another episode of the Energy Upgrade. This is your host, Vanessa. And today I have something really special for you. A really, really amazing chat with my friend, health influencer, Sophie Collins. Sophie and I had the pleasure of working together when I was at Project Skin MD, and we instantly hit it off and really became quite close over the years. And that is really over our both our love and dedication to living our best life, to wellness, to health, And today, this chat, I think you will really enjoy because we break it down to simple wellness routines and rituals that you can also start integrating into your life. Things that we believe are the foundation of a successful, joyful life, yet it's so, a lot of it is so simple. So let me share a little bit more about Sophie because she is such a wonderful human So she is a mother, an entrepreneur, a wellness advocate. She is the mother of Liam and Charlie. She lives in Vancouver with her husband. She shares on her platform, Instagram, if you don't follow her already, be sure to find her. She shares her recipes, lifestyle tips, and even her Pilates workouts with the underlying mission to help others feel their best. She began her personal wellness journey after graduating from her MBA And truthfully, it began in vain. But she noticed that eating mindfully, working out, and dabbling into meditation made her feel her best. And this drove her to continue. And and that's how she started sharing her journey. Years later, you can still find Sophie setting her alarm at 5.30 a.m. to get in her meditation and Pilates, which, by the way, she recently started sharing her free workouts. Be sure to check that out. She is walking 12,000 steps per day, making healthy yet delicious recipes. Last but not least, she is the creative director of One Wednesday, a female-founded company that creates high-quality yet attainable products to elevate your everyday life. And by the way, if you haven't looked into One Wednesday yet, 
she has created such wonderful pieces. Be sure to check it out from towels to hand towels to big throws um, to robes. It's so wonderful. It's sustainable. It's beautiful. It's, I want to say it's simple yet so tasteful, just like Sophie. So I hope you enjoyed this heart-to-heart conversation we had where we discussed wellness rituals, foundational tips, and you'll see that we align and agree on lots of principles. I hope you enjoy. Beautiful Sophie Collins, you're joining me today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love spending time with you and so excited to chat today. Yeah, Sophie, oh my God, we we go a long way. We've got, uh, we got the opportunity to interact over the years through uh, my work at Project Skin and your influential community in Vancouver that you've been able to build. And we've had, um, you know, we just connected. We connected on... Um, a wellness basis, I want to say, because we have a lot uh, of common interests. And so today I wanted to ask you some questions because I, there's one thing I've always noticed about you and it's your dedication, your discipline. You're very driven. And once you have something on your mind and often it's wellness based, it's just so amazing to watch you go. And I think that's why also a lot of your audience, your followers are so obsessed with everything that you do. So as a mom, entrepreneur, co-founder of the beautiful One Wednesday brand, you kind of do it all. But why do you have this passion for wellness? Where does this come from? How, when did it start? Just share with me all your story. (laughs) Thank you so much. And honestly, right back at you, I've watched you build your incredible community, um, first through Project Skin and then through your own brand. And I'm so excited to watch you soar and see what you're doing from afar. So I'm really excited to be chatting today. Um, You're right. I am wellness obsessed. I would not say it's in an unhealthy way, though. I really do strive to feel my best. And everything that I do is really about coming back to that feeling of just feeling really, really good in my body and in my mind. Um, And it all really started, I would say, around the age of 25. I had just gone to business school and I graduated, started my first like big girl job in the tech world. And I put this goal out to myself to run five kilometers. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot for people in the wellness community, but I had never really had a dedicated workout practice at that time. I didn't like play college sports. I played sports in high school, but I was never really good. Um, But I just did it because it was fun. And I loved hanging out with my friends and I decided to just like, let's, let's see, let's see if I can run 5k. So my cousin actually put together this like couch to 5k plan for me. And every day (laughs) at lunch at the office, I would go across the street and the gym and I would hop on the treadmill. And I honestly really fell in love with running and it wasn't running itself, but it was about how it made me feel. And Mm -hmm. I would notice that I would get off the treadmill and like the sweat and the endurance feeling and that like physical exhaustion really, really fueled me through the rest of the day. And then being consistent with it, I obviously noticed, you know, positive benefits 
not only in my body, but also in my mind. And it really was from that point on that I became incredibly dedicated to feeling my best. And for me, that really did start with physical activity and working out. It didn't start with this mental piece that I then brought on a few years later, but it really started with being super consistent with workouts um, and feeling really good in my body and therefore, you know, translating into feeling good in my mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. And did you not also pursue um, like Pilates as, a, as an instructor, right? I did. So I would say about five years into my wellness journey, I started, you know, experimenting with Pilates, working with a really incredible teacher, Katie McKenzie, who I'm sure you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the people listening here know, you know, definitely the top, if not instructor in Canada, for sure, Vancouver, North America, she's fantastic. And I worked with her through my pregnancies, um, most specifically my first pregnancy and postpartum, because I had had like a pretty, a pretty normal pregnancy. And then, you know, some challenges and my labor and delivery, I lost a lot of blood, um, was very, very unwell. And, you know, as any woman who goes through labor knows, even if you have like a normal, healthy, good labor, there's still so much that is done to your body. It's very traumatic. And so really worked with her to come out of that again, um, really focusing on the body, but at the end of the day, noticing the impact it had on my mind and Pilates specifically, um, really, really gave me this like different alignment and strength and power that I wasn't really getting from these cardio and HIIT workouts. And I was noticing that it was really positively impacting my cortisol and my hormones instead of feeling that kind of like anxious buzz that you get when you do a ton of HIIT workouts. I was feeling really grounded and calm. And again, because most of my philosophy when it comes to wellness is really feeling into your body and seeing how things make you feel. I just kind of went with it. And yeah, to this day, I have been doing Pilates, you know, definitely over five years, probably almost every single day um, and was lucky enough to train and and become more enveloped in the Pilates community through Katie's Alaline um, method. And I still film videos here and there, but it's definitely not like one of my core um, careers at this point. That being said, I may bring it back. I love it. And it's definitely something my community seemed to resonate with. I still have a lot of my free uh, workouts on Instagram, but but Pilates for sure is, is a big um, core tenant of my wellness routine at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're so good at it. So I'm, I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. Cause if you want to go check out Sophie's like, yeah. And they're all free. Yeah. Um, they're all free on Instagram. I do have like a, a five day reset that's available on yes. my website as well. That's like five days of breakfast, lunches, and dinners, as well as all gluten, sugar, and dairy free, um, designed to help you feel your best. And then five workouts, a meditation and a stretch. So that's, what's on my website, but then I do have a lot of, um, free workouts on my IGTV. I think it was called at the time. Instagram has changed so much. I know, but, right. Who knows yeah. what it'll be called next, but yeah, oh, no. that's awesome. <laughs> and your five day reset is so wonderful. And we'll make sure to link that too. Um, and it has, you're very, very good at crafting yummy recipes and you, I feel like, you know, not only in your personal brand, but everything you do, everything is always on brand, right? (laughs) I have this very inspiring, beautiful, um, fresh brand that wants us 
to know more and do more. And it's very motivating. And your five-day reset is exactly like that. Beautiful, yummy recipes that are super nourishing for the body. So if ever you're curious, you should definitely check it out. Um, um, and so- your reset too, and your detox, yeah. which I think is so fantastic. I need to actually try it. I haven't done it yet, but I've seen, you know, people get really incredible results. So I'm, I'm excited to try it one day. Yeah. Clearly we need to collaborate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So you've talked about, you've talked about the physical activity, the Pilates, you just kind of touch a bit on the, the mental health aspect. I'm just curious to know for you, what are the pillars of your wellness journey? Because it is a journey, right? It keeps mm-hmm. evolving. And as we, grow and as our kids grow and as we evolve and you're building your wonderful brand there's more and more challenges coming our way so we got to navigate that but for you what are the pillars that are keeping you anchored in your power for sure I love that question um and I know I think you know people kind of go on this wellness journey and you definitely plateau and you kind of Mm -hmm. say okay you know what like I'm done I'm done exploring my like past traumas and all this <laughs> wellness stuff. And I'm just ready to kind of live my life and have fun. And I find that's when like you reach this point where you really need to dive deeper, which is super interesting. I had that experience last year. I was like, you know what? I've really been on this like path for so long. I just want to <laughs> have fun this summer and just really enjoy. And it turned out to be a really challenging summer. Like my entire family got so many different viruses and I have, you know, two kids, one is five and is in preschool, bringing some, all these germs. And it really was like a time where the world said, the universe said, like, it is time to keep going with this because you need it right now. So um, I always find that so interesting in the timing of life, but I would say that, you know, the core pillars that keep me grounded um, really start with my morning routine. Like, 5 to 7 a.m. is my time to really connect with myself and set myself up for the day. And as someone who, you know, had children somewhat recently, my my eldest is, as I said, almost five, your routine really shifts. Mm -hmm. When you're in your postpartum period, there is no routine. There is survival. There is being up all night. Um, and that is really a time for you to just listen to your body and rest as much as possible. Moms like often reach out to me and say, well, my, my baby's not sleeping through the night yet. Like, okay, like don't wake up at five then that is not a good idea. Like sleep is sleep is number one. So I, yeah, actually before my morning routine, I would say sleep is absolutely my number one. I go to bed by nine for sure, because I'm up at five every single day to get in my morning routine before my kids. And again, it changes. Like ideally I would have this beautiful two hour period where everyone in the house is asleep and no one needs me, but inevitably at least one of my boys is up before seven between six and seven and needs something from me. So it really starts with like getting still with myself and meditating. I've gone through a few iterations of what that looks like for me. Um, I would say when my meditation, my meditation practice was my strongest was when I was doing 
first thing in the morning, 20 minutes unguided. Um, Michelle Cambolis was my incredible, is my incredible meditation teacher. She has a wonderful course, um, retreats. I'm doing her upcoming retreat, um, in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure if this airs before then, but it's in mm-hmm. April. And, and that's really, you know, that is when I'm most connected with myself. And now that I'm saying this, I'm like, I really need to get back there. Lately I've been doing, Again, because the boys are waking up a little bit earlier, 10 to 15 minutes of meditation. And then I try to do 20 to 30 minutes of Pilates. Um, And this year I've really been trying to write a lot more. So whether it's in my own journal on my blog or in one of my boys' journals, I have like two different journals that I write in for them that one day I'll give to them. I find writing super cathartic um, anytime I'm going through something challenging or something that just like, it isn't quite connecting. I find if I write it, you're able to untangle all of these knots and webs. And by the end of even one page, you you've either come to peace with whatever it is that you're dealing with, or you found a way through it and let it go. So Mm -hmm. writing is, is such a powerful tool in that way. Yeah. So beautiful. And I, you know, you're so inspiring in the way you make your morning routine non-negotiable. And I love how you're setting yourself up for success by going to bed earlier and making it a priority at five, focusing on you. And what's the impact when you don't do it? Let's say, cause there are days where, what, you know, whatever this you're traveling or, you know, you can't do it. What are you noticing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I find the day so much harder when I don't do it. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm, I'm pretty consistent. Like even, you know, unless I am up all night with the boys or I'm super sick, like my alarm is pretty much set for five. Um, but there are definitely days where, you know, one of my kids is sick and I'm up five times and I need to sleep in. As I said, like sleep is for sure my first number one, and then it's my morning Mm -hmm. routine. And then my family is obviously my first, first number one. So we have a few different priorities there, but the days that I don't do it, I just find myself disconnected from my body, lethargic, not nearly as productive or energetic or grounded or present. So it is so clear to me on the days that I choose not to do it or can't do it for whatever reason, um, the impact that it does have on the days that I do it. And so again, what I've really learned throughout this journey over the last like 10 ish years is really becoming clear on how things make you feel mm-hmm. and taking a note of it. And even if you can't make a change, let's say the next day or even the next week, really just taking a note and taking inventory of that for yourself, because if you're able to do that and like connect in with how you feel, that's the best motivation. It's not going to be like opening up Instagram to see what someone else is doing. It's really about how does something make you feel? And I know that's something that you really resonate with as well in terms of, you know, your cleanses and your detoxes, because the people who do them, they feel great. And that's why they come back to it. So that's why I come back to my morning routine because I feel so good when I do it. Yeah. And I mean, you're so right doing that mental inventory or audit. And I always invite my clients to do the same because at the end of the day, awareness is the first step to any healing or wellness journey. If you're not even aware of how it feels, how it lands in your body, it's really hard to move the needle and create sustainable changes. But like you say, and morning, the morning practice People that come to me with no energy and they have a hard time pushing through their day, we always start there. 
Okay. Let's revisit your morning routine because there's so many golden nuggets there. And sometimes it's just the order of things. Mm -hmm. And it does require a little bit more logistics, especially if you're a mom with with young kids, right? So you do have to maybe wake up earlier and, but it's so worth it when you see how it makes you feel and the impact it has and how it carries you through your day. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. Totally. Um, and it, just like quickly on that too, I often, I think some people like are not morning people. And for me, I have a hard time relating to that. Cause I'm such a morning person. I'm so not a night owl. I never have been, but if you're someone who like feels really fueled staying up till 11 and sleeping until seven or whatever that time frame is for you. And your routine is like a, a yin yoga flow with a candle lit or like your diffuser on before bed, like, and that's your time, like, let that be your time. Mm-hmm. So don't, you don't always have to emulate exactly what someone else does. Like I know there's certain people who are really, really good, like 5am to 11am. And that's me. And then there's some people who are like 5pm to 11pm is their energy. And that is not me. So I learned that early on. Um, But just take what works for you and, and make it your own. Again, thinking about how it makes you feel. Totally. And that's part of the awareness piece. Yeah, right. If you're aware of where, when and where you have the most energy, it's honoring that. Um, but at the same time, I have also learned over the years that there is something to be said. I'm not a morning person. I've never been. I cannot wait at five like you uh, wake up at five, but I do wake up six ish. Um, and I used to think I was a night owl until I realized that, in fact, it was just my cortisol that was off. And then mm-hmm. I had that what we call that second wind at night. And so it depends, but I find like for moms and especially high achiever women, if, you know, kind of thirties, forties, if you're pushing too late at night, you really wreck your hormones. And so I always say, you know, trying to really follow your circadian rhythm and reset it and aligning with the sun it's just the way we're designed to be as humans, right? And yes. so there is something to be said about that. But I do love what you mentioned, like yin yoga, candle lit, like, oh, I love that at night. That's such a beautiful way to end a day. And there's a ritual piece there too. But there's also a caveat about staying too late and pushing too hard right. at night that can really nip you in the butt a few years after. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you would know. I... I, anytime I've tried to push it, it just doesn't work for me and my body and, um, definitely prefer the alternative. Yeah. And that's just because your circadian rhythm is so on point, Yeah, you know, and that's how it should be. And that's a sign of health actually, you know, when you have, when you're always waking up at a different time, if you're always going back uh, to bed at a different time, you're, it's like you're on jet lag all the time. Yeah. And so your body is like, uh, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to be awake, sleep, be creative? Like what's happening? Totally. (laughs) Totally. And that's, that goes back to the discipline piece we, we discussed at the beginning, you know, that's why anchoring habits like that is just, it creates Um, And I always go back to the book by James Clear, Atomic Mm -hmm. Habits, right? It's just the power of 1%. Sometimes it's just changing one thing. It can totally change your year or your your month or how you feel, right? Yeah, I love his habit stacking too. Like Mm -hmm. if you're 
getting your hair blow dried, like listening to a meditation or getting a massage, like just adding on these wellness tidbits to a point. I mean, sometimes you just want to do one thing at once, but if you're already, you know, let's say you do have a TV show you love watching, like maybe do jumping jacks in the commercials or commit to doing like 50 crunches before you start, just like these little things and like micro rewards that allow you to live that like 1% better life every day. Yes. I love that. That's such a great practical tip. Um, Now, I want to talk about food because that is something that people are so curious about, right? They want to know, okay, how do I become like you, Sophie? Like, how do I become Sophie? What do you eat in the day? And people ask you all the questions about your lifestyle, right? It's like you've created Mm -hmm. this this icon figure. So do you want to share with us (laughs) how... how, like, what do you eat in a day? What's what I don't like to use the word diet because Mm I, but yeah, like, how do you nourish your body? Do you have go-tos? Do you have things you avoid or do you just flow around it? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have things that I avoid. I did, a. I would say again, around the time I got really interested in working out and my physical body, I read a lot about health and nutrition. Like, 15, 20 books. Like I would read health blogs all the time by doctors and by holistic nutritionists and people who had this more holistic view of the human body. Um, like Dr. Mark Hyman was probably Mm -hmm. like my real first introduction to understanding food systems and the way that the food pyramid is built. (laughs) little tidbit, not the way you think, no. um, but his, his work has, has been really transformative for me. And I would say kind of the through line of everything that I have read and learned was for me, um, avoiding like inflammatory foods, like gluten, dairy, and, and processed sugar were again, like kind of the key, um, pillars and tenants upon which I built how I nourish my body. That's not to say like when I'm in New York, I'm not eating a bagel or pizza. Like you have to live your life and enjoy. Um, But I would say most of the time I'm making the decisions that I believe serve my body. And again, really come back to making me feel my best. Like if I have a week where I'm eating a lot of takeout and I'm just really, really busy at the end of the week, I think, okay, how do I feel? And what adjustments can I make the next week? And I know there are a lot of people listening who think well, I'm so busy. Like I don't have time. A, I think your health needs to be your number one priority because without it, you really don't have anything else. So even if you can carve out like a 20 minute period in your day to put together like a big hearty salad with healthy fats and really healthy, good quality proteins, um, that is going to like pay off in dividends for years to come. So I think really, really trying to carve out that time. And then also if you're lucky enough to live in a city, there are options for, you know, takeaway that that is healthier and that isn't using these processed foods and all these oils and butters that you, you know, generally see with with takeout here in Vancouver, for example, um, there's this program called Beyond Nourished and it's all beautiful, like hand-cooked, veggie-forward food with really clean um, meats, organic quality. So I think there's lots of options if you seek them out. 
in terms of what I eat in a day, I think, again, everyone's different. Everyone should do their own research on what mm-hmm. works for their body and, or, and our work, you know, with someone like yourself who really understands that. But for me, um, I wake up, I have like a huge water with, lemon, a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt. I'm sure you can go over the detox vibe better than I can, (laughs) but I just love how it makes me feel. I love the boost of vitamin C first thing in the morning. Um, And then a little bit later on, usually like an hour and a half later, um, once my morning routine is done and my kids are waking up, I do have a coffee. I have experimented with having like a tea or a matcha. Right now it's just, it's a coffee for me. I just, it just is. And But quite shortly after I eat breakfast, I know you're on the breakfast first train. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a small tweak. Try it. No, no. But I mean, the thing is you, I know you have your amazing smoothie shortly after. I do. And everything else is balanced also for you. So it's a bit different, but. No, but I, I think it is a really good tip. And I've heard that a lot, especially when it comes to hormone balancing, like yeah. not having your coffee on an empty stomach. So um, perhaps I'll be strong enough to try it in the next, <laughs> in the next year. <laughs> um, but then I always have, I, I'm not a big like intermittent faster. I've tried it. And for my body, as like where it currently is, especially because I wake up at five, I usually go about 12 hours without eating. So Beautiful. seven like 7 p.m. to 8 a.m. ish is usually for me what works. And then I have my smoothie, which is as clean of a protein as I can find. Um, You know, again, do your research and then I'll do like a healthy fat. So lately it's been Brazil nuts, a mixture of seeds. I've been seed cycling. So for those who don't know, the first 14 days of your menstrual cycle. So day, day one is the first day of your period to, I don't, can I say that <laughs> today? Yeah, of course. Okay, <laughs> um, that is going to be two tablespoons of pumpkin seeds and then two tablespoons of flax ground. So I'll put that in my smoothie day 15 to 28 is two tablespoons of sunflower with two seeds with two tablespoons of sesame seeds that has really helped balance my hormones. So I really try and stick with that. Um, I'll put that in my smoothie, some wild blueberries, spinach. Um, and then I'll use like an Elmhurst cashew or almond milk. Cause it's literally the best just- one. So good. Um, Or nutmeg milk is really good if you're in Vancouver. That's a local brand. Yeah. So many amazing options in in Vancouver that nobody else in Canada has access to. Really? It's crazy. Like that brand of milk, which I'll put in the show notes, if you're lucky enough to live in Vancouver, it's available at Whole Foods, Uh, but it's, it's, it's really hard to find everywhere else. You know, what is one good online resource is Natura Market. I'm sure they're great for, for, um, those kinds of like really, really clean finds. Um, yeah, I'll have my smoothie and then I I'm on like a pretty, as you can imagine, pretty regimented schedule, just like I do things at the same time every day. It just works for me. So around noon, I usually have like a really big salad, um, like whatever lettuce is in my fridge, I'll do. And again, like avocado or some healthy fat. Um, Sometimes if there's cauliflower, I'll do like a cauliflower rice or a roasted veggie in there. And then I try for a clean protein. So like an organic egg or um, once a week, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I do do like a really clean tuna. I like, I love a good clean tuna once a week. 
um, or like a protein that I've made the night before I do eat meat. I find for myself, I kind of need it. I don't eat like a ton of like pastas or, you know, often at night I'll have like a grain, like a rice or a farro, but I don't, I just find it like weighs me down. My energy is not as good. I am quite sensitive to my blood sugar. So I've again, noticed that throughout the years. I also find that even with like eating a ton of fruit, I do that a lot when I'm on vacation, but day to day to keep like my energy super high. I don't have a ton. I love berries. Um, and then, yeah, at night I cook for my family most nights and it's usually some form of bowl, um, whether it be like a little bit of jasmine rice cooked with coconut oil or olive oil, and then, um, a ton of veggies. We love roasted broccoli. Mm -hmm. And then again, like another clean protein, we eat everything. So, you know, red meat, fish, like a salmon in the air fryer, um, with a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, or like a grilled chicken. And then usually I finish off the day with a little bit of chocolate. Like you got to live. So <laughs> I love um, Hue Kitchen, H-U. It's amazing. Um, or I'll just buy like an 80% or like 75% or higher dark chocolate bar. I love a little bit of chocolate to finish off the night. Um, sometimes I'll have like a glass of red wine. I Like I have not been drinking a lot really in the last year. I've just, again, we've been dealing with so many different viruses that the kids bring home. So you know, trying my best to be as healthy as possible, but I do love a glass of red wine from time to time. Um, and I drink a ton of tea. So post dinner, it would be like a ginger or peppermint or rooibos also really good for hormones, hormone balancing, love green tea throughout the day. Um, and a matcha at some point usually as well mm -hmm. that I always make myself because I, I don't know about you, but you cannot get a good matcha out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And, you know, and uh, actually that's a, a good point just in general, how, well, in Vancouver, you have more options, but I find like when you cook such beautiful nourishing foods throughout the day, and it's really interesting because our, our, the way we eat is basically identical. Um, <laughs> yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, but do you find that when you go out to restaurants, it's like, it's disappointing because yeah. you know, you don't have access to the same high quality foods, high, like, especially high quality meats. And yeah. it's like, wait a minute, I'm paying like $50 for that dish. Like it's, it's so interesting when you start really embracing and loving cooking and feeding your family for, from a nourishing standpoint. Yeah just changes the perspective, right? <laughs> totally. And I think people think about healthy and like, they think about like small sizes for some reason, for me, like when I think about healthy, I think about abundance. So like yes. I'll make a massive sheet of roasted vegetables and everything I do, like there's a lot of it. Um, I even like, I don't like limit how much protein I eat. Like I eat to feel full. I don't ever portion control for me. It just doesn't work. I know for some people that's really important, but for me, like I'd rather not have the French fries and eat as much of everything that I find nourishing rather than having a few French fries and like, like opening up that, that desire and wanting more and more and more, obviously, you know, sometimes I eat the French fries, but for me, I find like having an abundance of like squashes and veggies and nuts and seeds and avocado and um, really just to be like much more fulfilling. And I think that to your point about taking takeout and eating out, it just is not, it, you don't feel as good. I think yeah. in Vancouver, we do have a lot of amazing options. Like for example, turf, 
field and social, like there are some really great mm -hmm. like salad and soup options. Um, odd fish, the, you know, yeah. fish and plant bait, like really focus on healthy, good quality fish um, and plant focused restaurant by the Nook Group, I, I find to be fantastic. But there, yeah, it's, it's, it is really hard. And I think with prices of food, the way they've gone up in the last year, you're so much better off cooking at home and being so much more satisfied with how you feel after. Totally. Yeah. Do you, I know you have the, a tiny little garden in your, in your backyard. Are you planning on doing that again this year? Definitely. So my husband's Italian and we at the very minimum always have tomatoes. He actually just planted the seedlings downstairs yesterday in our in a little windowsill. Um, and the seeds that we use, like some of them are hundreds of years old from, you know, no, sorry, probably not hundreds, but like a hundred years old potentially from Italy and from his um his late nono and nona. And Yes, we're definitely doing it. Definitely with two kids, it's gotten a little crazier to find time. So we're working with this really incredible local company called the Dutch Man's Gardener. And they, um, they're going to come out and help us kind of plant some different seasonal vegetables because I find in Vancouver, the growing season is it feels a lot shorter because yeah. Really, it's, you know, sometimes really nice from like July to October. So hopefully we're going to plant some like late, you know, early spring veggies and really eating out of our of our garden as much as possible. But one thing I will say for people who are planting and stuff like good quality soil is so, so important. And unfortunately, the beds that we have here, we haven't turned like we haven't put new good quality soil in. So we need to do that this year as well to just make sure everything we're eating like a tastes better, but then also is as good as it can be for your body. Totally. You know, that's where it begins the soil. So you'll have, you'll have to add some compost and all the things. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> love, love it. I mean, there is something also to be said about growing your own food. It just kind of brings this other level of, you know, I, it's, it's like you're both pride, but it's just even more nourishing because yeah yeah, you have a different connection also to what's in your plate and this amount of gratitude. And um, I love the word abundance that you've mentioned, like abundance of, of colors of flavors, all of that also really matters when when you eat. And I always say it's so it's health is about so much more than food. Yeah. Um, because yeah. a lot of people think it's just food and exercise. And it's like, no, there's also like all the ritual behind it. And I think yes. that's something you're amazing at, like creating a ritual around prepping dinner and, you know, making that like an actual positive piece of your day. Oh my gosh. It totally is a positive piece of my day. And, you know, my ideal day, like my work stops at four and I have like a good hour to prep dinner before the kids get home. Because as any mom knows, cooking with two kids running around is very challenging. Um, but yeah, back to the garden, it is also such a fun thing to do with your kids at the end mm -hmm. of the day, like let's go out and pick some tomatoes and pick the basil for dinner and really getting them involved. And my children, for anyone who sat with me at a meal knows that they are not good at sitting at the table, but for the last four and a half years, I have tried and we still at some point in the day are at all at the same table, even if it's for 30 seconds. And I hope to continue that tradition as they grow up and hopefully they'll stay a little bit longer. <laughs> they um, will. They yeah, will. I hope so. You give yeah. me hope. You're a few years ahead and it yeah. helps. <laughs> they will. And I mean, what a beautiful lesson and what a beautiful way to 
just show them real life, you know, hands in the dirt. That's really where it all began. And I think yeah. it's, we just have this natural connection as humans and it's, it's important to remember that. So yes. yeah, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Um, and maybe in, I mean, I feel like we could literally talk for hours, <laughs> um, but you've mentioned something at the top um, about mental health. And I was, I was curious to know if you'd be willing to share a little bit, some of your journey, you've definitely, um, been going through a lot and especially with the with Charlie your youngest and I'm just curious to know as we know it's a journey you know where where's your where's your mind at lately on yeah, that in that regard thanks for asking you're always so sweet to ask um yeah so I you know I would say generally like in my life have been someone who runs a little bit more anxious I would say since I've really come into, you know, my morning routine and my practices and getting enough sleep, those symptoms have subsided and I haven't really had to treat them per se. I've struggled, for example, with anxiety in the past and postpartum insomnia. Um, per, like for me and where how I went through it was much more lifestyle focused. So like not sleeping, um, drinking too much coffee, trying to do the things that I did before I had a newborn mm -hmm. and all of those things really compounded for me into like this very high cortisol, high stress environment where, um, sleeping became very elusive. And again, since I've really cultivated like a very, very, uh, focused wellness practice, it's subsided a lot. And I've, I've worked with multiple, you know, doctors luckily, um, to help me through that and medication when necessary. Um, but yeah, in terms of where I'm at mentally, you know, for those who don't know, when I was 20 weeks um, in utero with my third pregnancy, because I had one pregnancy loss in between, um, as you know, you talk to most women and they have had that experience, which is mm -hmm. so crazy. And people don't really, people are starting to talk about it, which is, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Um, but in my third pregnancy, my second child, um, at 20 weeks, we found out that he had a heart defect called transposition of the great arteries. And so when he was born, he would require an immediate procedure, um, to keep him alive. And then four days later, a full open heart surgery. And obviously, you know, the next 20 weeks of my pregnancy was incredibly stressful. Um, and, I was really, really living in fear for the next 20 weeks because I really didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. And we knew, you know, his, his ultimate surgery would have a, a very high success rate, but that immediate procedure was, was really, really tricky. And, you know, living in that state of fear and anxiety takes a huge toll on your body. And no matter how you take care of yourself and what you surround yourself with, not to mention it was in the middle of the pandemic, um, you, you know, I look back at photos and like, I hardly even recognize myself. Like I mm -hmm. look like a shell of a human in a way. So that, that became a time where I really needed to dig into these tools as much as I possibly could. And they really like dragged me through that time. And like, it was almost like I was here and like my tools were here, like pulling me through. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being like dragged through the mud for a really long time. Um, and so for those 20 weeks, like meditated every single morning for 20 minutes, wrote every single day, um, moved my body in some way, shape or form, 
because honestly I needed to, like, it was a bit of a survival thing. I spent a ton of time with my family, really did all of the things to fill me up as much as possible. Um, and then when he was born and I had the chance to like be on the other side of it and really be like, go deeper into what we actually went through, because when you're in it, you're not dealing with it. You're, you're in fight or flight. It's survival. It's like, it's your fight or flight response. And then for me, it wasn't really until like, six months, a year later that I was kind of able to retroactively look back and start to process Mm -hmm. what it had been that we had gone through. And even still to this day, two years out, it's still so raw. And it's something that, you know, I go to therapy for, for sure. I'm very lucky in that I have benefits to be able to, you know, help cover some of that cost. And, um, you know, when I was dealing with it and when I was in it, it was weekly. Now it's monthly. So I'm able to kind of spread it out a little bit, but again, for me, those, those practices of writing and meditating and movement and filling my body with nourishing foods and like positive content and reading and all of those things that we have mentioned, you know, so far in this conversation, that's when those things become so important. Like the day to day, you're almost kind of just bopping along, you're maintaining. Yeah, exactly. And surfing is such a good analogy for it. And it's something my therapist and I talked a lot about. It was like, you're going to ride these ups and downs. And when you're down, you know, to really hone into those things. And I think at the end of the day too, you know, there is no shame in going to a psychologist or a doctor and getting, getting additional help. Like for me, I needed that when it came to insomnia, like I tried everything natural and then at some point needed to, you know, go on medication for a period of time. So, you know, I would say for anyone dealing with any sort of challenging issue that they're, they are feeling they're in the depths and they're doing all the things and it's not working, like seek help and talk to Mm -hmm. a friend because you don't have to go through it alone. There are tools and resources, a lot of them free as well. Like cold shower to me is like the ultimate wellness hack not for postpartum, but if you're in like <laughs> more strong place to me, like a 30 second cold shower really just like resets my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's, um, that's beautiful. How is he doing now? He's good. He's good. Yeah. He is like such a little bruiser, so much energy. You would never know in a million years what he went through and we don't a hundred percent know what lies ahead for him, but, um, we, you know, we know day to day that he's super healthy and, and that's what we focus on because that's all you really can focus on. I think, you know, throughout this journey, I I really have tried to really only walk down the path that's mine and your mind can take you in so many different directions. But if it does take you in that direction, really think like, is this the path I'm on or is this the path I'm creating in my mind? And then you bring it back to where you are. I am safe. My body is safe. My, my son is safe. And, and just really thinking about, you know, those really basic human feelings to bring yourself out of it. Amen. Love (laughs) it. It's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, like recognizing when you need help and reaching out. And I love that you know, it took you six to 12 months to be like, okay, what just happened? And, and, and um, actually most moms never go back and reprocess their labor or birth experience. And the truth is when we're in labor, we're in survival. And it's this very conflicting moment in life where it's like both, 
the most painful, difficult thing you've ever done and the most beautiful thing. And the first thing you know is you have a baby to take care of in your arms and it's like, okay, like we're on. And you never have a chance to reprocess what happened. And no matter how traumatic or not that experience was, there's always more healing that needs to happen. Yeah. And so I know I've, I've, I've experienced that too. And, and I I know you have, so if you're a mom out there and you haven't reprocessed (laughs) your labor yet, that's something that you need to consider because boy, there's a lot of the body keeps the score. I always say, you know, it'll come out in some way at one point, but, um, for sure. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah. and I love also how you've mentioned that these tools, these wellness tools and habits that you had anchored in your lifestyle is really what got you out of it. And that's always how I position it to, to the people that I work with is all of these tips, all of these things that you're anchoring in your life, um, they're there to make you more resilient because we know, you know, okay, we just went through a pandemic and it's like, people are thinking, oh, we're, we're good now. It's like, no, there's going to be something else, whatever it is. The goal is to be resilient and to be able to surf on it and to know deep down, trust yourself and have the confidence that whatever it is, you have the tools, like you can, you can get through it and you will, right? Like you say, you're safe. You're in that moment. You're not in your head. You're in your, you know, you're just, yeah. In your body. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Um, I feel like you shared a lot of great pearls about your lifestyle and thank you for that. Where can people follow you? I'm sure people are going to want more of you. So where can (laughs) they find you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You can follow me probably the best place is Instagram at Sophie C. Collins. So there's two C's, Sophie C. Collins. Um, And then you can follow my brand at one underscore Wednesday underscore shop on Instagram. And my website's just my name, sophiecollins.com. Great. And I'll add the link to the five day reset in the show notes and all the things that you've mentioned. I'll try to link them as well. Like your the gardeners that you're uh, working with, and we're going to link our friends at turf and all the people that you've mentioned. So thank you again for your time, for this beautiful conversation, for holding the space. And um, I can't wait to connect again. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Hey, beautiful women. If the tips and tricks I'm sharing here on the show are getting you inspired, excited about the possibility of feeling like yourself again, maybe it's time we hop on a call. Did you know I offer free 30-minute discovery calls to anyone being curious about my health coaching approach, but most importantly, anyone feeling like their time is now. If you're feeling like you've had enough, it's time to turn things around, well, let's chat. Find the link in the show notes and let's meet. The information shared on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't provide any medical advice. Vanessa Grotman does not cure, diagnose, or treat disease. Please consult your physician before trying any new protocol or product.